What does Jesus say? And Jesus is famous for, I think, taking things to the next level spiritually. <laughs> I think it's a <laughs> casual way to say, you know, everything. I really love that line. <laughs> That's good. Jesus is famous for taking things to the other, the, another the level. Next level. About the it, next like, level spiritually. Next like, level like, spiritually. like there was and a law. And physically, dude freaking rose from the <gasps> dead. dead. And he rose intense. someone Jesus, else from the Jesus dead. Hello, and welcome to the Inconclusive Podcast, where we randomly select topics and argue about them. Coming up Inconclusive, my name is James. My name is Abigail. And my name is Candice. All three of us are educators at an international school in Taiwan and bring wildly different perspectives to the table. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Inconclusive Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or email us at theinconclusivepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's important to note that our individual opinions do not necessarily reflect those of our employer. Okay, Okay, let's let's begin. begin. Welcome back, listeners. We are in our first episode on Doctrine. I am here with James and Abigail. Hello. Hi, everyone. Doctrine has been a fun series for us in this past year. And so I'm excited, but nervous to jump back into um, a couple more doctrine questions for the next few episodes. So today's doctrine question is, are thoughts sin? So I'll define some terms for us. First off, we'll go with a thought. Thought is an idea or opinion produced by thinking or occurring suddenly in the mind. I know that's kind of using the word in the definition. That's literally the definition for the ideas are things that we think. A product of thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, But I think the interesting part there is suddenly in the mind. And then sin, I gave both a literal dictionary definition, but then before we started the episode, I asked Abigail and James about helping me isolate our understanding as Christians of sin. So we kind of combined together. We have two different definitions. One, we have sin as an immoral act, and then a biblical definition that we kind of I know it sounds contradictory to say it's a biblical definition that we came up with, but this is what we feel based on what we understand of scripture. The second definition would be something contrary to the perfect goodwill of God. So I guess we can just start off with initial thoughts, no pun intended. What are Uh, your thoughts (laughs) about, do you think that thoughts are sin? um, I think that most questions that are, is blank a sin are kind of missing the point mm. in general um, because it's not about what categorizes as a sin. It's about we are sinful by nature and everyone is. Does doesn't matter how we how broadly or narrowly we categorize sin, we all need Jesus. Mm. So in light of that, I think um, if we were to try to categorize thoughts as sin, I would say that um, sinful thoughts are sin. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I think we have we can have good or bad thoughts, even if they emerge suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are. I think some thoughts can be sin. Okay. How about that? Okay. Certain thinking, certain types of thinking, can be sin. Okay. But the point is not to condemn. The point is those are covered mm. by the blood of Jesus. Mm. Next. Amen. Next. <laughs> <laughs> And done. Okay. Uh, I think that this is a hard question because I think that it kind of comes to like what the core belief is. Do you believe that anything produced by humanity 
is sinful because it's produced by humanity and sin is in our nature. Mm. If that is true, then yes, everything possibly that we could do is sinful in mm. one way or another or has is marred by sin in one way or another. Or is it that the base is that we're separated from God because of the choice of Adam and Eve and all good that we can do is never going to be enough good, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To get us without being covered. Right. Then no, it would, again, depend on... It's just good, but not enough. Or or is it... It's not maybe you could have a sinful thought, but mm. not all thoughts would be sinful. That I can see both of your perspectives to a point. I like that. I like that we're we're going to talk about nuance and not so much like... Well, I don't know. We'll see. I, so I have a thought experiment to start us off. <laughs> You're both going to hell. <laughs> so, so I'll give you a hypothetical situation. And I know that we were just talking about like the 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 motive or the the thought behind the thoughts. You know, like that we're talking about the amount about. of puns that are. Yes, <laughs> we're, it's we're hard not to say experiment. thought. Okay. It's, it's hard right. not. To, it's hard not to make puns this episode because it's literally us thinking about things, but. It's um, metacognition, thinking about thoughts. It is. So is it even possible for us to conjure up a thought about whether thought is sinful? Because Ooh. if thoughts are sinful, then all thoughts about thought are therefore marred by sin. So I'll, I'll give you this experiment okay, and I'll okay. let you make your choice. Right. So uh, instead of thinking like, because we could all say like, oh, there's a desk or, oh, I'm wearing a shirt. Those thoughts aren't sinful. Do we agree? If I just said, there's a desk. Or I said, Jesus yeah, I mean, is good. Sure. Yeah. So like me that's saying, not very, okay, that's not a very complex thought. Right. But like, it's a, it's a neutral, it's just kind of an existing thought. Like, like there's no moral value. There's no moral value thought. to it. It's just an observation about my direct surroundings. Yeah. And, or conversely, like me saying like, Jesus is Lord, that, that thought so or thinking Jesus is Lord. That's not my Why thought experiment, by the yours? way. Why is that Are you being selfish? <laughs> that's my question. I don't really think that's a sinful thought to say this is my shirt, but that hey. I can see how that gets weird. So maybe if I just said that's a see desk, how that gets weird. That <laughs> is a desk. Is it? Do you define reality, Candace? Oh man, this is interesting. <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> I I'm gonna rethink everything I've ever thought and think if it feels like okay. But let me go back to my thought experiment. So imagine you're driving down the road. Hmm. Well, all oh. three of us are in the car. Yeah. All three of us in the car, pretend you are the driver in whatever scenario you are imagining of the three of us driving. So like... (laughs) I'm the driver? You are the driver. Abigail, you are the driver. I am the driver. We're all the driver of our own car. Oh, Oh, we're not driving. We're not carpooling. Like, like, because that would be bad for We're driving our own cars. You're you're driving in the simulation, but there are people in the car that you love. Yep. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So you're driving. You're driving down the road and you suddenly have... You're driving on a bridge. And you suddenly have a very clear thought of what would happen if I just veer off this bridge and kill us all. Sin or not sin? It's a question. Yeah, but you thought about it. Can a, oh, can a question be sin? I don't can know. It? If I said, like, am I God? Is that sin? Is it? Are you, it's a question. You're questioning. Yeah. Yes, questions can be anything that you want them to be. Okay. So, but I think no, not not a sin. Why do you think not a sin? I think that, well, I hope that I'm not like alluding to something specific later, but intrusive thoughts are a psychological thing that happens to people that there's literally no control over. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some people experience them significantly less than other people. Um, but having a biological function, I don't think 
I think it could be a product of sin, but I don't think in and of itself is sin. Mm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think it's a product of sin. I think any urge to cause destruction or murder. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're thinking of driving off a bridge with passengers in the car or with yourself in the car, Mm -hmm. you're taking, I mean, unless you know the car has some kind of mechanism (laughs) that's going (laughs) to land safely and you're doing an experiment on this new floaty car thing (laughs) you've got going. This new floaty car. Ooh, boat car, the fjord. You should Ford, go to Ikea. So it's supposed to, yeah, anyways. <laughs> be an Ikea and Ford partnership. Yeah, I guess I guess it would be a product of sin to have urges that we consider um, that could lead to harm. So is it sin or, sin or is it just a product of sin? I mean, sure, product of sin. Not sin? I mean, I like, again, I don't, it doesn't make it doesn't <laughs> make a difference what we categorize it. We're in need of... That's true. I mean, I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't use that to condemn someone. I wouldn't be like, like, what is the, I mean, what's the purpose? Why are Mm -hmm. we trying to define it as sin or a product of sin? They're all falling short of the glory of God either way. Mm. Right. I guess maybe the question is then like, can we Are you held accountable? Are you (laughs) held accountable for that thought? Yeah. Or like. None of us is held accountable for our sin. Oh yeah. Because of Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot the part. The gospel, right. Good grace, grace, yes. <laughs> Darn it. Abigail, I'll go back to what you, you were saying. 100% intrusive thoughts. But, so, so well, I'll tell you, yes, from what I found, according to U.S. Health News and a couple of professors of psychology at different universities, that's just an intrusive thought that as long as you don't act on it, you're fine which I think is interesting that they would kind of use similar language of like, don't act on your thoughts. Mm -hmm. But do you think that that's just a worldly explanation for it? Or do you think that it is like, I guess this also goes back to our thing about like sin being biological at this point, like that we are, we have a sin nature and like death is a product of sin and sickness is a product of sin. But like how much of us is, like overtaken by sin on a given in a given moment, I would guess like a hundred percent. But if we're talking about like those those thoughts that we have that are like of God, are those thoughts still like tainted by our sin, or do we like get a new because we're new creations in Christ? Like, are suddenly our thoughts like not like are they back to neutral playing field? I don't know. And we'll get to answering that after this break. And welcome to Elusive Illusions with Candace, where I do not do magic with illusions, but explain references used in film, music, or literature. Today's illusion is boycott. Boycott means to act together in abstaining from using a specific item. It came from Charles C. Boycott, an estate manager born in 1832 who refused to charge lower rents, and his staff boycotted. According to Britannica, the Land League, which was formed in Ireland in 1879 when bad harvest made a famine, told Boycott in 1880 that he must reduce rents by 25%. 
In September of 1880, after Boycott had attempted to serve writs of eviction, Charles Stuart Parnell, the president of the Land League and leader of the Irish Parliamentary Party, which was commonly called the Irish Nationalist Party, urged that without resort to violence, the tenants should avoid any communication with those who refused their demand for lower rents. Parnell's policy was first used against Boycott, who consequently was forced to employ workers from Ulster, guarded by soldiers, to harvest his crops. Conditions in Ireland quickly eased after Willem Ewart Gladstone's Land Act of 1881 instituted fair rent tribunals. Boycott remained in Mayo as Lord Earn's agent until 1886, where we hear this illusion used in film is a 2001 movie about the Montgomery bus boycott headed by Martin Luther King Jr., Here's how you would use this illusion in a sentence. Many pro-democracy groups wanted us to boycott Disney's remake of Mulan in 2020 because of China's blatant human rights violations. Boycott. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about a thought experiment, no pun intended, about <laughs> driving across a bridge with people that you love in the back of the car and suddenly having the thought of veering off of the bridge into water and knowing that you would die. But having that thought, is that thought sin? Um, I kind of um, want to respond to what Abigail said initially on the thought experiment mm. um, about it being like biological or psychological or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times like science can explain things, explain things as being like, Oh, that was a hormone or, Oh, that was a whatever. Mm. Um, I don't think that makes it acceptable just because it's a natural thing. Um, because nature itself is affected by sin. And so I think our physical bodies, including psychology, biology, all these things are affected by sin. And so just because something pops up doesn't mean it's like, doesn't mean it's fine morally Mm. to do in my mind. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. I feel like I've said it before. I feel like maybe I've said this a lot of times (laughs) that we are really broken at our core. Like that's the Mm. whole crux of, I feel like Christianity, the, the, well, that's not the crux of it. That's like the, the crux beginning. That's like, the beginning part. That's the first the plot twist, right? It sets right? up the crux. It sets up the crux. <laughs> um, it's like our first dip in this plot, right? Like we're broken and mm-hmm. we're absolutely unself-redeemable, right? And I do agree. I think it comes in every facet, biologically, um, psychologically, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes I think of it like, it's what holds our DNA together almost is sin. And so everything comes from it. But I don't, I think that it could be dangerous at the same time. Okay. So thinking from someone who's an established Christian and is pretty strong in my beliefs, I, it's really easy for me to be like, yeah, man, broken at my core, need Jesus. Like there's absolutely nothing redeemable. I self-redeemable about myself. Like I can Mm -hmm. do nothing Mm -hmm. apart from just trusting in the work of Jesus. But then at the same time, I feel like sometimes it gets dangerous to start to try and classify everything, I think, in Mm. a way of us being good witnesses to other people. Mm. Um, And so this idea of like everything, I think even, I mean, 
I've said it before, but even like altruism and good works that we could do are all tainted by selfishness right. and the core of our sin. But if we start to get into that nitty gritty while we're talking to people who are trying to share the redemptiveness yeah, of yeah, the gospel yeah. with, like you're starting to get into things um, that almost don't matter mm. in a sense, like in globally in a sense. Um, and that can be really scary to think about. And I think that, and especially thinking of someone of people with mental illness, like mm. someone who struggles with anxiety yeah, and depression yeah. myself, mm-hmm. um, hearing well-intentioned Christians mm-hmm. take things like schizophrenia specifically, mm. or also anxiety and depression, or insert all of these other like the things that are problematic and being like, well, this is because yeah. of mm-hmm. like these, you don't trust God enough, or or, or, or oh. it's demon yeah, possession. That's, that's oh, something I see, that I've heard. Yeah, yeah, sure. You've there are yeah. demons in this person's life, mm-hmm. and it's all mm-hmm. because of spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Or maybe sometimes or it's only spiritual oppression. Only, You're only right. It's only and, in the spirit. Instead of taking into account that our biology and psychology are broken, but that doesn't mean it's like the crux of who we are, right? So that mm-hmm. means that there is ways to fix it sometimes in a way to make it function in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't have to do with an exorcism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it can mm-hmm. be separate yeah. even mm-hmm. though it's all affected for the same reason, mm-hmm. right? I don't think yeah. the perfect design of people was to have mental health issues, but I do think that we do because of sin, but it can be fixed in our broken yeah. way anyway. I mm. think one like one tension we see is like tension between like perceiving the world through material reality like and scientifically reality. and spiritual yeah. reality mm-hmm. and i think in the west quote western world we tend to lean more toward viewing the world through a scientific lens so going into the biology or the psychology but i think it's a balance and i'm and i'm not trying to say that we should condemn people with mental illness as being being possessed by by demons necessarily but i think there are spiritual forces at play mm-hmm. um to what degree i don't know because there's spiritual mm-hmm. forces mm-hmm. right so um i think it it's dangerous for us to exclude one completely either material or spiritual mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and to to view it, uh, illness solely as like well the god uh, god is punishing you or right. you're being possessed or the other end, which is, oh, this is just a biological thing. Like, take these meds or do this therapy thing with this psych- psycho- psychologist and he'll, he or she will fix you up. I sort of, I so, like, I'll, I'll derail it and go to, like, my personal journey with anxiety. The verse Philippians 4, 6 that people would say that do not be anxious about everything, anything, yeah. like, that got used kind of like a just a prescription oh, for yeah. me for a yeah. while or people like I'd be like there's something wrong and I can't fix it and people would just be like don't be anxious about anything pray about things yeah. and then after like talking with people who were experts in the brain or in anxiety then they were like well so what you what you actually need to do does align with the verses after like Philippians 4 8 that's finally whatever is true whatever is noble right pure lovely admirable if anything's excellent or praise where you think about those things things, that's like a practice of anxiety relief or with um treatment is remind of taking a lie holding it out looking at it and examining its effectiveness Mm -hmm. on you and then examining the truth and then putting them side by side along with your trigger whatever your trigger is so like I did a kind of therapy where that was what we did for hours on end we would like I would examine a, a memory while like in this state, like having my eyes closed. It's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing EMDR therapy. And I would like close my eyes and the therapist would like 
have me think about a traumatic memory with anxiety or something and then have me look at the lie that was associated with that, whether it was I need control Mm -hmm. or I have to have control or whatever it is, and then examine the truth side by side and like let them duke it out in my memory. Mm. So like I, I agree more with James too of like there's, we do need to see it as as kind of both and understand that both aren't in conflict with each other, but rather they're just like on different planes. Yeah. Like yeah. they're two they different di- sides of the same realms. dimension. They exist in different wa- yeah. realms. Yeah. And I would agree. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely also agree, Abigail, with what you said earlier. Like, um, like I think it, it's a disservice for Christians if we are in evangelizing to go and categorize different sins. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we're not all, in, cause we're not all in different boats. We're all in the same boat mm. of, and the boat is, we've fallen short of the glory of God. The boat is sinking. It's not like, oh, like you're in the demon possession camp, right. but I'm a little better because I pray and I memorized mm-hmm. right. but I lie or I and I pray to God enough that like, you know, I don't have depression or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. So we're all like equally and infinitely messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. We agree. <laughs> Thanks while, for listening, guys. While we're, <laughs> while we're in that camp, I also want to like give a... Uh, Anti shout out? Can I give an anti shout out? What do we call that? A diss? Shout or a in. burn? Oh, a, a diss? Yeah. Can a I burn? Can I diss? Someone? I'm about to roast someone. Let's Disney. Do it. Joel? Oh, Disney. All Disney. right, Disney. Follow your heart. Oh, I hate that so much. I hate <laughs> it when they say that because, like, your the, heart sucks. Your heart stinks. Sorry. So, like, there's a there's a verse. Actually, I'm not sorry. All our hearts suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> our hearts are so flippant. We're, like, the the Jeremiah 17 verse that says, that, like, all our, our hearts are deceitful mm-hmm. and wicked. And how can we, how can anybody understand it? Like, we, our emotions just go and change and flip. And I think our emotions are so tied to our core, too, that we sometimes think our emotions mm. are defining us. Yeah. And that like I don't even know like what the actual symbol of a heart is supposed to mean in scripture. I think it's supposed to mean like the heart of you, like whatever you think is at your core. Your life force. Maybe? Yeah. Maybe like what what moves you. Yeah. And that movement is deceitful. It can move you in directions that you're not you shouldn't go because you feel like it feels right. Yeah. So yes, my that and diss like against be Disney. yourself. Oh yeah. Yourself is like so changing. I feel like okay, so I do think that we need to be our Ooh. be ourselves to a point because ourselves is created Im- image bearers of God. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's that's like like who God created us to be. That's I think that's a self that we are. And then we should pull towards him and that's ourselves, you know. I actually don't have a problem with be yourself that kind of catchphrase. I definitely agree with the the follow your heart thing. I mm-hmm. think that heart, you know, heart is deceitful whatever. I think the <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and stuff. Uh, stuff um, and things. Very articulate I am. Uh Yoda you are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yoda you are. <laughs> um I do think that there is appropriate time and place though as far as follow your heart to be able to let sometimes you're to sit in your emotion and to see what you need and what you want. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily unhealthy spiritually or psychologically, um, to take time to consider what you, what you are feeling and why you are feeling it. Um, I can't remember the, the exact verse or the reference. So that's super fun as I'm about to go into oh boy, this. We're going to do <laughs> Let's guessing game. Let's go. But there, there is, it's in the new Testament. They do. There is a, a part where it talks about how like 
you know, to use your discretion and to use your intuition to see if something is good, right? And to oh, be able yeah. to like, like that's a Paul discern thing. it. Yeah, it feels like a Paul thing, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to discern what's good um, out in there. Most of the New Testament feels like a Paul thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, good guess, though. Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a part of sitting in what your heart, your core is feeling sometimes to be able to do that, right? Mm. Like to be able to discern why am I feeling this and how, how why is did it that affecting thought come me? into my head? Why did it come in? Why am I sad about this? Why does this bother my spirit? Mm. Um, and so I kind of see that with the follow your heart and with that, we'll take a break. Hello, and welcome to Hilarious Happenings in History, where I explore strange but true events from human history. Today's event is actually a collection of actions of the Roman Emperor Caligula, who ruled from AD 37 to AD 41. Commonly considered one of the most violent, paranoid, and crazy rulers of the Roman Empire, he once held a large meeting solely for the purpose of telling the attendants that if he wanted to, he could have them all killed. Then he dismissed the meeting. He also waged war against Neptune, Roman god of the sea. He led 10,000 soldiers to the sea and ordered them to stab it with spears. He once marched his entire army toward the English Channel in an effort to invade Britain. Upon arrival, he decided that he no longer wished to invade Britain, so he ordered his men to collect seashells as spoils of battle before heading home. To further add to his legacy, he made his cherished horse, Incitatus, a senator, and even put him on the list to become consul. Thanks for listening to Hilarious Happenings in History. Catch you next time. Welcome back, listeners. Before the break, we were talking about uh, the heart being deceitful. We also discussed um, when thoughts coming into our head, having... um, this moment in our spirit where we are able to examine the thought and look at it and also recognizing that science and, and the metaphysical or looking at reality from two different planes isn't necessarily in disagreement, but rather they could be two sides of the same coin. Um, Abigail, did you have a thought about being yourself? I did. Yeah. I was just kind of talking a minute ago about like discernment and following your heart or I, changed, I guess, the term for that. But well, first of all, I think the phrase of like be yourself is comes into this idea of we live in no matter where you live, we live in a culture with ex- certain expectations based upon your gender, based upon your race, based upon um, age, age, socioeconomic marital class, marital status, all of these different things. Um, and thinking right now, I'm just going to take a second and talk about beauty standards for a second, which Mm. is a huge pervasive thing again, no matter where you live. Mm. And the idea of being yourself comes into this idea of no matter where you fall and how you look or who you are and all of these things, you're still good enough. Mm. Um, but we're not in society, but it's a societal, it's again, different level, level fields. It's not being beautiful or you being beautiful, not being tall and thin and tan and all X, Y, and Z. What tan in the a, West, tan white in the East. West, white in the East. <laughs> no. um, the irony of that. Uh, but these things 
you're still worthy of being loved and you're still worthy of being a person, right? You're still worthy of dignity. Yes. You can be yourself, right? And whereas I would agree with the idea of that it is not good enough in a spiritual context, but it is, again, I think it's a different plane thing. I think we're trying to attribute a spiritual concept onto something that really isn't intended to have. It wasn't, it's not, um, it's a lashback from physical Mm. in our world, specific contextual things. And we're saying, oh, but that's not true scripturally, right? Which it isn't, but it was never intended for, you know, your soul. It was just to like remind kids that they're worthy of love. Yeah, you don't, you can eat that food, you know, like it's okay to eat and it's okay to It's okay to be a boy and like to dance. It's okay to be a girl and like to play with science equipment. So I have multiple problems with that. I think, (laughs) first of all, to me, there's very little separation between the world we live in and the spiritual world. I don't see those two separate things. I think Mm. they exist together. Um, But I I don't understand how. But I don't think that we can clearly separate what society is or encompasses versus what the spiritual realm uh, includes and encompasses. Um, I also think that we live in a world where we want to define things for ourselves. We want to define our own identity we want to define our own whatever, right mm. and wrong. And that's literally the beginning of the fall, in my mind, because Adam and Eve chose to eat the fruit for them to define what is right and wrong. Um, and so one of the biggest, and in my mind, one of the biggest lies of the whole be yourself thing is that um, by doing that, you will find fulfillment in, your, in yourself. Um, and that's not where we find fulfillment. Um, in fact, Jesus tells us to deny ourselves um, we're not to be like ourselves. We're to put on him. Mm. We're supposed to, our, our identity, we don't make our identity. We shouldn't pursue our own identity. Our identity is is given to us by Christ. Um, and what that is specifically looks different for everyone, right? Because we all have been given different spiritual gifts and all that stuff. Um, but All that jazz. All that fun stuff. <laughs> um, but we're never called, like the Bible never calls us to go and pursue who we think we ought to be. It's always allow the spirit to conform you to who Christ is. And that that's, I mean, that's my problem with be yourself. It's very interesting hearing both of your perspectives on being yourself. I am intrigued. All right. I hope so that I, thought wasn't sinful. I hope, my thought, I hope my thoughts on that were not sinful. Then I, I think this is a good time to transition to my next question with looking at what does Jesus say? And Jesus is famous for, I think, taking things to the next level spiritually. <laughs> I think it's a <laughs> casual way to say, you know, everything. I really love that line. <laughs> That's good. Jesus is famous for taking things to the other, the, another the level. Next level. About the next like, level spiritually. Next like, level spiritually. Like, like there was and the law. physically, dude freaking <gasps> rose from the dead. That's true. And That's he rose intense. someone Jesus, else from Jesus the dead. Jesus takes things to the next level. He does. Amen. Right. Yeah. That escalated quickly. <laughs> so Jesus like looked at law and said, I fulfilled the law. Not just, not just that I did everything right, but that I fulfill it. Yeah. He, he mm. looked at murder and said that in, in Matthew, I think it's Matthew five or 15. I don't know which one that five. Yeah. yeah. He says that murder, like you think murder is bad, but just thinking and hating somebody is just as bad as murder. And you think that lust is bad or like having committing adultery is bad, but just lusting after someone is like you're committing adultery with them. He like levels everything up in intensity, I think. So do you all think that he's saying 
that having a casual thought about those things is sin or like, and I know that we already established that parsing this out doesn't aid in our pursuit of giving the gospel, but for the sake of disagreement, for the sake of being inconclusive, I ask this question. Well, I think this actually is, is a, is a reasonable, like I, this makes sense to me to parse out like on these kinds of ideas, dwelling versus popping in, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's an important I think that's important anyway. And well, really and one of the reasons again. that I bring it up is because when I was I was preparing for this episode, I was reading um people's commentary on um self de or egrandizing thoughts like or when when you're like getting onto yourself for being a sinful fallen human and it's hard to dig yourself out of it. You almost put yourself in like a spiritual depression mm. of being like I am so depraved. How can Jesus mm. love me yeah. or like in and, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. almost it takes I mean, away it's from like his the, work in the you. shame and guilt part. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So like that's my question here is like yeah. is it is it worthy to say that like those thoughts are sin? You're constantly every time you have a random intrusive thought being like, "Oh, like why am I like this? Because one of the secular like points that they made about those intrusive thoughts from our thought experiment is that when you think about them, you actually have them more. Like when you try to make yourself stop having those random thoughts while you're driving, you actually think about them more Mm. because it's hard because you're thinking about it. Well, I think going back to Jesus who took it to the next level, level, spiritually (laughs) speaking. um, I mean, he existed as a perfect human, right? And he was tempted Mm. and those would be thoughts, right? Oh, yeah. Because he was tempted by thoughts. Yeah. Um, so, like, I guess we could bring up the question, is Jesus affected... Was Jesus born into a nature of sin, or did Jesus simply live... Like, did he even not have a sinful nature? Oh, yeah, Right. Because he was tempted, and so are those thoughts... They couldn't have been sin, right? The fact that, like, he being tempted... That couldn't have been sin because, because he never sinned. Because he never sinned, right? Because right? if we're saying that thoughts that to be tempted is itself a sin, mm-hmm. then then that wouldn't work with right. Jesus being sinless, right? Right. Um, I guess that's the distinction we need. We're trying to draw. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say that like Jesus's. I think Jesus's physical body. Oh, man, I don't know. Was mm-hmm. Jesus's physical body? Affected by uh, sin. Affected by sin. Well, like, yeah, because well, he, he would have gotten pain. sick. Yeah, he would have had, he had pain. pain. He physically died. Yeah. Right? So his physical body so, was. So I'm okay. I guess I'm okay with Jesus' physical body existing in the nature of sin mm. in that he also experienced temptation. Yeah, I guess he would have to because he became like man. Yeah. Right? He became like humankind and experienced temptations as we did, but chose not to act upon them, mm-hmm. even though his physical being was pushing him to do so, like right. with the bread stuff and whatever. And I think that makes... Like his... with the bread stuff. <laughs> um, I feel... <laughs> yes. And whatever. You can refer to stuff book, like that. chapter, verse for <laughs> the reference on bread stuff. <laughs> I feel, But I feel like um, the way you're describing it, kind of with the body, the physical body having to exist in its own sin nature or its mm. own sinful realm, right, um, makes Jesus's work all the much more amazing, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. It makes him, his ability to not succumb to the bread stuff <laughs> <laughs> in the desert way, way more impressive, right? Or him 
all of yeah. these different parts. Because he didn't just like not feel hunger. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he right. wasn't like immune eh. to, yeah. I don't existence. starve to death or whatever, right? Like, because yeah. yeah. he did, right? I mean, yeah. he, he was fasting in the desert whenever he was tempted with the bread, the bread stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I think I agree. I like that. I like your uh, trace of thought there. And with that, we'll take a break. Welcome to Fun Facts with Abigail. Did you know that more people visit France than any other country every year? In 2017, the European country welcomed 86.9 million people. Spain was the second most popular destination with 81.8 million visitors, followed by the United States, 76.9 million, China, 60.7 million, and Italy, 58.3 million. This has been Fun Facts with Abigail. Catch you next time. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about the two Matthew passages, Matthew 5 and Matthew 15, where Jesus tells the disciples uh, the next level up as far as their thoughts go towards the sin that's a part of the law. For example, murder is there. If you're thinking hatred towards another person, then it's like you're murdering them. If you're thinking adultery towards, or you are thinking lustfully towards another person, then it's like you're committing adultery with them. And I offer a follow-up question from James, from James 1, 14 to 15. But each one I'm is... I'm like, t- I don't, I don't <laughs> have questions. From, <laughs> from the Bible, James, not, not the yes. New Testament Bible, yes. James. Yes. Not the Taylor. Of, yeah. <laughs> but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. It sounds to me... From, from what I'm understanding of this, that the conception isn't the birth. Like, that you can, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Biologically like, speaking, yes. Yeah, so, like, like when, when a baby is, like, living in, or is conceived, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not born yet. And then, sure. like, once it's born, then it's, it's exists, it's, like, living in. But it's all part of life. yeah. So like oh, is, well, oh I guess there's a debate on that right Does oh yeah like, that's true, okay yeah, but yeah. but like this for our purposes like sure. for sin is sin like not is it not in the it's not it went from being in the womb to in the room like is it out like is it sin whenever it's conceived or is it sin when it's birthed when it like leads to action or it leads to a future dwelling on that thing I think the dwelling is what it sounds like why don't right wrong? why don't we just use the one that Gives God more, gives Jesus more glory. Mm. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. Again, like what I said at the very beginning, like the purpose I don't think should be to condemn. So then when let's have the purpose be more glory to Jesus. Mm. Like if he, if he's also, if he also died for our sinful thoughts and great, like more, there's more, like he yeah. took on more of our sin. So that we know? can be freed from legalism. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's implications, though. Like, I generally tend to agree. I tend to be someone who is, Jesus is Lord. 
God <laughs> raised him from the dead. She's like shrugging Literally into nothing the else microphone. matters. You know what I mean? Like there is nothing more important than that. And I do not care if I am wrong about everything else. You know mm. what I mean? So long as I am right about that. But we'll still do a podcast about the stuff that doesn't matter. Right. right? Oh, no, of course, of course, of course. Because we're, but- we're still stuck here until we, <laughs> until we expire. Until we expire. So it doesn't... So, so to me, like... I mean, parsing out all of these things, ultimately, um, I tend to not be someone who falls into like the legalism thing, right? I just tend to be like, you know, I believe in Jesus and I'm doing my best. But I do think there's some implications to the best way that we can as Christians live our lives with the the idea of whether it's thoughts or whether it's actions, because we have this, the idea of how can we best honor God with what we can do, yet can we not control it because it's purely biological and doesn't Mm. necessarily relate to sin? Or are we... Or we take every thought captive. But taking every thought captive isn't the inception of the thought, right? Like the... Oh, the, I see. Right? Uh-huh. So, because mm-hmm. I... Cause right. the, I, one of my favorite analogies, I guess, is a sidestep about taking every thought captive is I read it in a book. I don't remember the title. I don't remember anything else from the book, but mm-hmm. she was talking about how like taking every thought captive that comes in your brain, she was like, as it comes in, you need to grab it by its shoulders, throw it against the wall and frisk it to make sure something good can come of the Dang. thought. Dang. You know, it's very yeah. violent, violent imagery, but I loved it because yeah. it's like, that's the idea. You take it captive. You're not sitting down and having coffee and trying to parse out its life story. You're taking <laughs> You immediately, <laughs> you immediately examine it. Are examining like, it as an intruder throw, yeah, into your throw. life. That's really interesting. But if you think that the inception of a thought is biological and has nothing with it to do with it, is that really the idea of taking a thought captive or are you taking a thought captive after it starts to be like insidious in your life? I think like, so this was how my dad explained it to me growing up was that the inception is like a bird flying over this building. Like I can't stop the bird from flying over the building, but I could stop a bird from building a nest in my hair. 100%. 100%. Mm. Not that that happens on a regular daily basis, but... Birds the, don't build nests in your hair regularly? Not regularly. Sometimes. Like on Every Tuesdays, now and again. Usually. It's a little rough. Yeah, Tuesdays are rough. Bird days. <laughs> we'll get you a hat. A Tuesday hat. What's a that? Tuesday <laughs> bird hat. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't pick Thursday and just called it Burr's Day. Burr's um, Day. Oh. Pardon me. Are you Aaron Burr, sir? Anyway, so like I that was how the metaphor I always got of like... You can't stop a thought, but you can stop yourself from dwelling on the thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get that. I think that's the the inception versus. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Even if you can't stop a thought, it still can be a product of sin, right? Yeah. 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 I feel like everything's oh, okay. a product of mm-hmm. sin. Okay. Yeah. Okay, the fact okay, okay. that my toes are cold right now is a product of sin. Oh, Are you wearing sad. socks? No. That's my own fault, too. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's also more an iron deficiency, possibly as well, which no, is a product of sin. No, it's because it's, I feel cold. Mm. <laughs> I'm wearing also wearing a sweatshirt and pants. <laughs> I guess this is a this is still parsing out parsing out the minutia of the of our experiment. But I want to ask if you think. Did you that just actively avoid the word thought? I did. You're just like, <laughs> in this experiment, <laughs> in this thought process. There we go. Um, Good job. So, like, there's the verse First Corinthians six twelve that's about not all things that some things are lawful but not helpful. Do you think that if something is not actively pushing us towards Christ, does it fall into the this category? Now, again, I know we, we've already like said no to parsing out specifically what things are sin and not sin because we understand that we are all sinful, that everything we do is tainted by sin, and that Christ is redeeming us. But <laughs> is it sin? <laughs> 
Like if is, you're wait, thinking, is what a sin? So like if you're thinking about things on a daily basis that aren't like actively pushing you towards Christ, are those things also part of a sin nature? Okay, I think that's really interesting and kind of makes me think of growing up. I don't really have an answer. I don't really have an opinion. But growing mm. up, one of the things about my childhood is we were only allowed to listen to Christian music. Mm. Um, actually, until I left for university, I wasn't allowed to like listen Same. to the radio Same. or anything Hi, except mom. for Christian stations. <laughs> I know, my mom too. Um, I know my parents will stand by it, and I don't necessarily think it was a bad thing. But that was that was the... That was the mindset behind it was that I remember as a kid, I remember this conversation as a kid, um, it was back when we lived in Texas. So I was under 14 and I remember asking my dad at one point why we couldn't listen to the music that all of our friends were listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's the same went for shows and stuff too, but a lot less cause it's a lot less comparable Christian movies over non, you know, my parents are really careful with what we watched, but mm-hmm. not to the same extreme that it was with music. And I remember my dad saying something along the lines of like, everything that you do is honoring someone or something. It always is. And so when you're singing a song um, that isn't about like with Jesus at the core or about God or like our faith at the core, you're Mm. taking time to honor something, an idol. You're going after an idol, um, basically. And... um, and so that was kind of like a, that idea, right? Of like every kind of thought or thing that you dwell on, is it sin or not? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I know it's not a perfect analogy, but that's what it brought to my mind. That's that's a really profound like thought process. That's like completely alters how I think about my music now. I know. Dang. My dad has a lot of uh, profound statements. He's a wise man. He, I think, he is. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think if we're if we're not thinking thoughts that are honoring to Christ, they're honoring to something else, mm-hmm. either ourselves or society or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's kind of, that's kind of heavy. That is heavy. Right? Like, like yeah. that means like, think but, about sports, but the point think is, about like, but the point and is caring about the Boston Celtics. The, <laughs> is that right, sin? Right. No, but the point is that, <laughs> no, he said <laughs> the point is not that it's heavy. Mm. The point is that the weight's been lifted. Right. Right? Like that's true. Goosebumps. Dang. Right? Like that's that's the freedom, right? So we're not like a, it sounds super judgy to be like everything you think about like you shouldn't listen to don't listen to bad music because it's honoring yourself. <laughs> Which like that might be that's true, but like <laughs> we're free in Christ and we don't have but to But are we free to sin? No. We have a license to sin or no, a freedom but, from so sin. So we should we probably shouldn't be probably shouldn't be indulging our thoughts in like Boston selfish Celtics? ambitions. You trying to equate that with the Boston I'm Celtics? Just I'm, I'm just wondering. I'm just watching the Boston Celtics is a waste of time. <laughs> so is but, Daydream about aliens. <laughs> oh, well, you just took something close to my heart and <laughs> stabbed it, and now I like. Set I right. didn't stab this it. Is sin. This is sin right here. Don't fall into it. Don't attack each other. <laughs> James, I honor your wastes of time. <laughs> yep. Thank you. That's pretty great. I respect your preference. <laughs> As a follow-up to that, there's a song. Should we respect each other? There's <laughs> Psalm 101 verse 3 says that I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I mean, that's A. I just thought that was a interesting thought. Of like, I will not look at calorie-free jello. <laughs> It's worth. That's my unworthless in calories. 
It is worth <laughs> little. I paid money for nothing. Mm. Just temporary taste in my mouth. Ridiculous. And not even very good taste. Calorie-free yeah. Jello. Whatever. Not the best. Yeah. But life-sustaining whenever you cannot eat anything. No, but it's not. not. It's literally free. not life-sustaining. No, it like will if sustain you, if you nothing. Can't, but if you can't eat anything, no, no, you can't calorie-free means that it has no energy to be able to sustain you. But you're thinking you, of calorie-rich Jello. Is there an, can, a Jello that doesn't have yeah, energy? Zero yeah, calorie. zero calorie Jello. Why they make you, chemicals. Exactly. That's that, that 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 the whole point. Wait, 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 wait. I thought that you eat like sugar-free Jello in the hospital. Calori- that's different than calorie-free. Yeah, but is there is there any value to eating calorie-free Jello? No. No. For, <laughs> For no, like, that's what for I'm like saying. absorbing like stomach acid or something whenever no. whenever you're in the hospital. Oh. Because you could eat calorie-rich jello for the same purpose. True. Yeah. Straight facts. But Jesus would have taken that fact to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that we are kind of inconclusive, but also conclusive on... Well, we're like, like intentionally inconclusive because it doesn't matter. Mm. But I mean, I but we're conclusive on Jesus's love. Facts. I think yeah. the thing that I liked the best about what was said was actually something you said, James, about oh. how <laughs> I know it's not often. Oh. <laughs> got to take it yeah, with know, know. Um Is when you were talking about how it's every the the idea of everything not Jesus being idolatry basically mm. is heavy, but the weight is gone because of the work of Jesus. Mm. And I think that's amazing. And I think listeners, if you take anything away from all of our seasons of anything we say, that is the most important. Jesus loves you. Get that sticker on Redbubble. <laughs> and once again, you've reached the inconclusive end of the inconclusive podcast. Sharing is caring. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Inconclusive Podcast. Talk to you next time.